I wouldn't say that going was boring for me. I was actually somewhat excited to learn new things. And I was eager to study that word, that loose word that they use. I was eager to go. I I wanted to learn. I wanted to know more about the Bible. But there was one thing that I just, uh, you know, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And that was the watchtower. I just, I didn't like looking at a magazine that wasn't what I considered words from a higher power, which was the Bible. And that's one thing that you need to accept. You need to come to terms with that in the Jehovah's Witness world, the, the Bible is good. It's good, but the, the law of the land is the watchtower. And you can't frown on the watchtower. You can't say, well, I'm not going to read the watchtower. I'll read the Bible. Those are, you know, that's terminology. That's a sentence that you can't put together in the Jehovah's Witness world. In the Jehovah's Witness world, the watchtower comes first, even though they'll tell you that it doesn't. Even though they'll tell you that it's just a study guide. It's just a manual. You know, this isn't the law of the land. The Bible is. But that's not how they treat it. That's not the reality. And the reality is that the watchtower takes front stage and the Bible always waits backstage. So when we started to go, I do remember that I didn't like reading the watchtower. And it wasn't because I was bored. I I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was bored. I just, I knew that it was a human opinion. I knew it was coming from a human standpoint. And I felt that the time that I would spend, the time that I would lose reading the Watchtower was time that I could be reading the Bible. Because I hadn't even finished it till w- when the Watchtower first uh, came into my life. It's, I, hadn't, I hadn't completed the Bible yet. But there was enough things in the Bible that kept me interested. So I didn't understand why I had to read the Watchtower. And I, and I want to say this about the Watchtower. I wasn't a poor student. It's not like I went there and I didn't want to be there because I wanted to slack off. Like I wanted to be there because I wanted to read the Bible, not because I wanted to read the Watchtower. And I would actually voice that opinion. And, and anyone that knows that world, you could semi-voice that opinion as long as you don't take the dip, as long as you don't get baptized. As soon as you get baptized, you know, all these opinions, that personal opinions that you have, they go out the door. So it's not fair to say that I was a bad student. I was actually a very good student. I, and I take pride in that because I, I like to formulate a lot of questions, questions that were never really answered when I was... Uh, when I was learning about this whole Jehovah's Witness world, these questions were never answered. And the reason I, I, I stayed in that whole world is, I would say in part it would be the love bombing that had an effect on me. You know, it's one of the uh, tools that not just cults, but even political groups tend to use which is that the people are very accepting because you're a like-minded person. So that was one of the things that kept me inside. Another thing that kept me inside was um, there was people there that I was genuinely interested. And like all normal hormonal teenager, there was a girl I liked, and that kept me interested. 
but these are things that you know keep you locked in and obviously uh if you free yourself from the cult you move past those things so with that in mind i stayed in right i stayed in i stayed in the cult and eventually i did notice that the watchtower had a particular tone it, it, there was there was a wording in there. There was terminology that was just its own, right? The, these words I didn't I didn't see anyone else say these things. This wasn't how normal human beings would express themselves. So I did pick up on that terminology that the the Watchtower would uh, use, and I would even laugh about some of that with uh, with their Turo at times. Because it's terminology, it's it's tone and terminology that it just doesn't fit in the normal world. No one in their right mind speaks the way that Jehovah's Witnesses speak in their propaganda. No one, and it would it would really irritate me to hear them express themselves in their cartoons or their propaganda the way they used to. It was just a artificial android-like tone that they they like to employ in in their propaganda it's like they get copycats of every actor and they use these doppelgangers and they all talk the same they all express uh, the same views obviously they all carry the same tone and it's a strange tone it's a very strange tone and I bring this up because there was something that did happen to me at a um, at a particular assembly. I don't remember which one now, but I did remember there was this word that was just rubbing me the wrong way. So the speaker goes up and he starts using the term undeserved kindness. Now, this is a phrase. I'm sorry. This is a phrase that they like to use, undeserved kindness. So to them, God holds undeserved kindness. They feel that no one, no human being deserves anything. If anything, they, they, they use labels like you're a slave. Uh, they use another term, you're good for nothing. <laughs> Literally, they, they use that term. They say that every member of the cult is good for nothing. So they use it in a way that um, takes away takes away all of your... I want to say your personal characteristics and your 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 own character. It takes away your personality. And you're forced to employ the Jehovah's Witness personality. But that terminology, undeserved kindness. The speaker started to use the term, and I think, I don't know, maybe he just, I want to say he wasn't prepared, but who knows what happened. But he used it a, a one too many times, undeserved kindness, undeserved kindness. But he used it so many times that it was ringing in my ears and it was ringing in my head. Now I had to know what, what this was, undeserved kindness, undeserved kindness. So when I was at this assembly, I remember thinking, well, listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest about this. The, the assemblies I never liked. I never liked the assemblies. They felt like a waste of time for me. They felt like someone was stealing my entire weekend. You know, because I worked the whole week. And then 
they force you to lose pay on a Friday, right? Because you have to ask for the Friday off. And then the Saturday and the Sunday, because it runs from the morning to the evening, you lose the entire day as well. So that was, for me, unforgivable. I, I, I didn't like it. I hated it. And, you know, you feel bad because you feel like, oh, you know, these are days for God, and why, why am I uh, reneging? Why, why am I <laughs> complaining about this? So you, you stay stuck in the, in the circus, right? You kind, of, you kind of criminalize your own self because that's another tool that they utilize to, to make you feel guilty for not giving enough to the, to the watchtower. So anyway, he starts using this terminology, and I remember thinking, now I gotta, I gotta see this because I'm just gonna waste my entire day away here. I might as well do something. I might as well look something up. And in that time, I had, uh, I had picked up a phone, a smartphone, and I didn't have a smartphone before. But this was when they were coming out, and. I mean, they had come out before, but I just I never cared for them. So I finally uh, switched over, and I said, you know, I'm going to start looking this up. So I started looking up terminology. I started looking them up. And I looked undeserved kindness, and I looked in their Bible, and I saw undeserved kindness was in their Bible. And I was like, oh, you know, the, <laughs> you know I, I guess it's there. I guess it's in the Bible. I, I, you know, so you got me on one <laughs> You know, yeah, I was wrong. But then I said, you know, okay, so what's the definition of this? What, why is this, why is undeserved kindness towards always together, always together? Why is it always together? So in the Jehovah's Witness Bible, they have something called an interlinear Bible, but it's their inter, interlinear Bible. Every now and then it has their twist. It has a, it's, it's tweaked in their favor. Right, they like to. They'll go around words that they don't want to ex- explain because it doesn't suit them, and they like to uh, emphasize on others that do suit, suit them. So I took a look at the interlinear Bible and the interlinear Bible, and I'm not going to deny this. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to hide this. That interlinear Bible of theirs actually helped me. It was. It was very instrumental in me escape, escaping that cult, because there are things in the interlinear Bible which is basically. Uh, the Greek word for word, uh, the Bible in Greek, word for word. And in the bottom, there's a translation to what each word means. So that was very instrumental. It helped me see that the Bible that the Jehovah's Witnesses had translated wasn't all that it seemed. There was something very peculiar about the English translation and the Spanish translation and thus every other translation that they had. Why, I would ask, I started to ask myself, why did the interlinear Bible have one particular wording, wording not used by Jehovah's Witnesses, and their translation on uh, uh, other wording, and in particular phrases, complete phrases that are not even in, in the interlinear Bible. So that kind of struck a chord. Why is it that in the Greek scriptures, it's very different than what's in the English scriptures? Now, that would stay with me. 
that would stay with me to the yeah, it's, it, to the very end, till I finally was had to, enough courage to make my escape from that cult. But it was ringing in my ears. It struck a chord. There was something just off about the uh, Jehovah's Witness translation of the Bible. In looking up the word undeserved kindness, I finally figured out that the actual word is grace. It's just one word, grace. It's not undeserved kindness, it's grace, which is in um, the word charis, which means basically a favor, an inclination, favorable towards, a leaning towards something, kindness, a gift or a blessing brought by Jesus Christ. This was very different than saying undeserved kindness. Undeserved kindness and grace are completely different concepts. And I would share this with people. I I remember that I started sharing this with people, and I would tell people, Jehovah's Witnesses, I would tell them, hey, did you know that undeserved kindness is not really in the Bible? (laughs) And if you know anything about them, you know that these kind of uh, statements, they go right over their head. They go right over their head. They don't, it's like you're talking to, you know, it's it's like you're talking to a deer in headlights. It really is. I mean, it, it, I, couldn't, I couldn't illustrate it any better. They simply don't care. It's as if their mind can't process what you're saying. Because what essentially I was saying was that the watchtower had it wrong. That was essentially what I was saying. But their mind, their mind is so, there is such a heavy dosage of my control that they're not even able to process a statement like that. Hey, did you know that undeserved kindness is not in the Bible? Literally, they cannot process that. And I was just let it go. It was like, I'm, you know, I'm, this isn't something I, this isn't a hill I would, Diana, I was just, whatever. Because you have to remember that, you know, I was also under the mind control tricks of the Watchtower. So no one would pay attention. It didn't mean anything to them. Absolutely nothing. No expression, no movement, nothing. And I would just let it go. Look, the Jehovah's Witnesses in the back of their Bible... They have something very nifty, very interesting. Under the section A3, Alpha 3, if you look in the back of their Bible, it says that their Bibles are actually translated for, from original scriptures. At least they try to convince you of that, right? How the Bible came to us. This is section A3. And then it says, through the centuries, this is paragraph 3, through the centuries, scribes meticulously copied these books. During the Middle Ages, that is actually correct. That is, that's not a lie. A group of Jewish scribes known as the Masorites or Masorets carried on that tradition. That is also correct, not a lie. Uh, you know, that suits them, so they, keep, they leave it there. The oldest complete Masoretic manuscript is the Leningrad Codex, which dates from 1008 to 1009 CE. I don't have a reason to doubt that. 
but I would have to I would have to uh, fact check that. However, in the middle of the 20th century, some 220 biblical manuscripts or fragments were discovered among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Correct. Yes. This information is correct. Those biblical manuscripts, it continues, those biblical manuscripts were more than a thousand years older than the Leningrad Codex. A comparison of the Dead Sea Scrolls with the Leningrad Codex confirms a vital point. While the Dead Sea Scrolls contain some variations in wording, none of those variations affect the message itself. That is correct. So what they're saying is these, this Bible, essentially, they're trying to allude to the fact that, and they'll, they'll, they talk about it here, this Bible comes from Masoretic texts, original Masoretic texts, which are basically... <sighs> For lack of a better word, these are the Jewish Bibles. The Jewish people would take care of the Old Testament, you know, the Hebrew Scriptures. Call it whatever you want, but the the great majority, actually, of the Bible, the great majority of what the Bible is today, the 66 books, um, and Catholics add other books, they add the Apocrypha, but we're talking about the 66 books. So, they come from what's called Masoretic texts. These Masoretic texts were carefully taken care of by the Jewish people, by tradition itself. When the Dead Sea Scrolls finally uh, had their place in history, um, what we learned was that the Dead Sea Scrolls were older than any manuscript that people actually had in their hands, which were manuscripts that they were translating Bibles into modern-day language. And by manuscripts, we're talking about the Masoretic text. Well, it turns out that the only thing that the Dead Sea Scrolls did was validate the manuscripts that everyone already had in their hands. If there was a question before as to the validity of these manuscripts, well, that question was put to rest. The world finally had its answer that, holy smokes, the scribes that translated these manuscripts, that were preserving these manuscripts, they were pretty good at what they did. Like, there was very little error. And in regards to any grammatical error that there was found, there was enough manuscripts at hand that can prove where and can identify where the errors were. I bring this up because the Jehovah's Witnesses like to say that their Bible comes from these original Masoretic texts. If they came from the Masoretic texts, then you shouldn't find deviations like words uh, that we're talking about today, undeserved kindness. You shouldn't be able to find this stuff. You shouldn't be able to find wording that deviates from the manuscripts. And that's exactly what you find in the Jehovah's Witness Bible. Jehovah's Witness will tell you, it's just a modern language. See, it's just, it's, we're not deviating from the message. It's just modern language. And that is one of the tools that they utilize to convince people that yes, their Bible is modern. Their Bible is cool. It's hip. It's cool. 
It's hip. No, it's not. It's not cool to deviate from the original message. And just because you feel that the message should be translated a certain way and you add phrases, which is what they do, and you change words, which is what they do, it's not cool. That's not how you translate a message. So this is what they've done. The word undeserved kindness opened up my eyes to that and other other wording that we find in the Bible. Undeserved kindness is not in the Bible. Grace is in the Bible. The definition to undeserved kindness is actually in the JW.org um, website. They literally have it. Under library, books, and brochures, glossary, they have the word undeserved kindness. And they say a complete lie. They say undeserved kindness in bold means the following. It says, a Greek word with the central idea of that which is agreeable and winesome. The very first three words are just a lie. A Greek word. It is not a Greek word because it's not in the Masoretic text. It is not in the original Greek scriptures. So not only is it not in the uh, Masoretic text, which is the Old Testament, or the Hebrew scriptures, whatever you want to call them, Hebrew, Aramaic, whatever you want to call them, but in the New Scriptures, or the New Testament, the Greek scriptures, we find other codexes that actually uh, have, and some of them, the majority of the, the letters, the letters of Paul wrote, uh, Peter, John, the Gospels. Uh, for example, the Codex Sinaiticus, which is one of the most famous. This, this actually has a good portion of the Greek Bible. It's a manuscript from the 4th century. Uh, there's another one, Vaticanus. That's, that's another one that is out there that is actually in the possession of the Catholic Church, and it is also utilized to translate um, the New Testament of the Bible. So undeserved kindness is not in the Old Testament, it's not in the New Testament, it's not in the Hebrew or the Greek, call it whatever you will. It's just not in there. So when they say, Jehovah's Witnesses and JW.org, when they say it is a Greek word, it's a lie. Right? This is a lie, and we can identify this. We make this uh, information public because our interest is to help other people in ways that we would have liked to have been helped. That is my interest, that other people can be helped in ways that I wish someone would have lent me a hand to understand these things. With that in mind, we want to conclude this talk in this way. Undeserved kindness is not in the Bible. But I saw a video the other day published by the Jehovah's Witnesses that illustrates exactly why this, this cult has deviated so far away from Jesus Christ, so far away from the God Almighty. The tactics that they use, the tools that they employ, to promote misinformation, to promote their theology, these tools that they use are front and center in this video. 
and we will be taking a look at that video in the following English episode. So we're going to listen to what they have to say, the way they translate the Bible, and you're going to notice some very peculiar ways of translation. We will be deciphering this house of cards. So with that in mind, we thank you for listening, and we'll definitely see you on the next one.